Before we dig into this week's episode, I want to point you to the show notes. You'll find them at dolifespeechpathology.com forward slash grief. I'm starting today's episode with the truth. I have to tell you, this is a little cringy for me, but I'm putting myself out there because my mission is bigger than myself. So here's my truth. I recorded this episode about grief nearly two weeks ago. I was trying to get ahead and do some batching of content because as many of you know, I work full time as a clinician. So doing these podcasts, you would think that they wouldn't take that much time, but they really do. But it is part of my heart, but be that as it may, here's what I want to share with you. So my, 18 year old is away at college and she helps me with the behind the scenes processing and steps that have to occur for each and every episode. So she was working on this episode, this one about grief that we're going to jump into today. And she sent me a text and said, can I give you feedback? Well, of course I picked up the phone and called her cause that's not the kind of conversation you want over text message. And she basically said, you were reading from a script, weren't you? You sounded really boring. And even though it was good content after three minutes, I didn't want to listen to it. Wow. Talk about brutal feedback, but it's all good. So number one, I adore my daughter and I love that we have such a relationship that she can be brutally honest with me. So this whole week I knew I needed to re-record this episode and I kept putting it off and off and I was trying to reflect last night as to why I was doing that. This is a heavy topic and it's important And I knew that I needed to give it the time and the space to breathe and develop on its own. And I just didn't have the time before today to work on that, to allow that time and space. So I went back to the drawing board for this episode and I realized that originally it came across as like clinical. There were a lot of bullet points and information, but it didn't have soul. So I reworked it and I'm actually turning this into two episodes. And this one, we're going to talk about grief for the family of the stroke survivor. And then the next episode will be grieving the loss from the perspective of the survivor. Two kind of different concepts, both with important implications for rehabilitation. So I will end my truth session here by telling you that I do take my mission very seriously. I believe in supporting stroke survivors and their families, and I look to be a part of their village to help them on their journey of rehabilitation. If you find some part of this episode useful, I'd really love to hear from you. Grief is normal part of the process. When you lose something, you eventually need to grieve it. 
Welcome to the Listen for Life podcast with Genevieve Richardson. Genevieve is a speech-language pathologist rehabilitating adults with communication challenges after a stroke or due to a neurological impairment. Living with aphasia is hard. Caregiving is hard. You are not alone. Get equipped with knowledge from experts in the field and professionals you need to know. We'll hear stories and experiences from others who are navigating life with aphasia. So, put your earphones in and take a walk outside. This isn't just a podcast. This is a community, a resource, and a support system. We're in this together. Do life. Please help me reach my mission of reaching as many stroke survivors and their families as we can. Please tell two friends and ask them to tell two friends. So who do you share this with? Think about someone in your community, somebody at your church, at your garden club, in your neighborhood. Do you chat with a woman at church whose husband had a stroke years ago? She might find these episodes to be useful. Send her my way, send her the episode, forward emails, whatever it takes. Help me help them. Today's episode, we're going to have a candid conversation about grief and guilt related to stroke. As you know, stroke can have a profound impact, not just on the person who's experienced it, but also for their loved ones. It's important to understand the range of emotions that come with a stroke. Grief and guilt are common feelings that someone might experience. Survivors could feel guilty about having had the stroke or the changes that caused their lives and their relationships to change with their loved ones. They may grieve for the person they used to be and the family is also going to be grieving. The person that had the stroke, that although the intellect is still there, the personality is there, the memories are still there, communication has changed. It's important to remember that these feelings are normal. Grief is a normal part of the process. When you lose something, you eventually need to grieve it. So let's jump into how to do some of this. When you're going through a major life transition, it's normal to feel a wide range of emotions like sadness, anger, and confusion. When you are a caregiver of a stroke survivor, you have a new set of responsibilities that you have taken on, whether it's advocating or doing direct physical care, looking out over the household, making decisions for the family, all of that weighs on a caregiver. So a spouse is in a unique and difficult situation. So what are some of the stages of grief? You've heard these before, and I'm not remaking the wheel here. It's just that I wanna talk about it in relation to stroke. So when a stroke first happens, it's going to be a shock to the system for the spouse and the family. It's normal to feel disbelief. 
A spouse may try to deny the reality of the stroke and the changes it brought as a way of protecting themselves from the pain and sadness of grief. They may not feel like they have the time to sit with the grief, to work through it, because they are just putting one foot in front of the other. A spouse may feel angry, frustrated, and resentful about the new changes and roles that they have taken on. You may go through a period of time where you're bargaining, not necessarily with others, but within yourself as a way to reverse some of the changes caused by the stroke. If only this would happen, then this could be better. You may feel overwhelmed or helpless about the changes in your life and your relationship, and you could be going through feelings of depression. Over time, a spouse may come to accept that the changes that have been caused by the stroke, and they may find ways to adapt and cope with the new realities. It's important to remember that even though these are stages, the process is not linear. You may be moving forward and feeling like you are coping as you should. And then all of a sudden you just get hit right upside the head with a wave of grief. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. So let's talk about grief and coping as we walk through the rehabilitation process. So let's talk about acute medical care, depending again on the nature of the stroke, whether it's a bleed, an aneurysm, a blood clot, whatever brought it on, your loved one may have gone into the intensive care unit. Depending on the medical complications that go with it, there is a lot of feelings and grief. Maybe you were never comfortable around a hospital environment at all, and now you're in there every day spending your time at the bedside of your loved one, just hoping they're going to survive. So as the medical condition stabilizes and they can participate in rehab, they will move into what's called acute rehabilitation, whether that's in a in the hospital, inpatient acute rehab, or a step-down unit, like at a skilled nursing facility. It doesn't matter where it happens. It's just that medically your loved one has stabilized and now you're in the rehab process. You're working with physical, occupational, speech therapy, you may have a rehab doctor overseeing your loved one. You're going to have nurses that you see day in and day out and other folks that are interacting with you, whether it's the dietitian or the pharmacist. There's a lot going on and a lot to process. You, the spouse at this point in time, again, you're getting to the hospital, you're participating and witnessing and probably getting trained by the rehab professionals about what you need to know to get your person to go home safely. You're probably having to learn about transfers. Maybe you have to learn how to adapt food and liquids, changing the texture because now your loved one has a swallowing problem or maybe their swallowing problem is so significant that they have a feeding tube. Whatever the case may be, when your loved one is in acute rehab, you, the spouse or 
the family member that's going to be the day-to-day -day caregiver, whoever you may be, you have a whole host of new skills and understanding that you have to acquire. That can be overwhelming. You may think, how on earth are you going to adapt to all of these new things that you have to do with everything you were doing before? Maybe you were a spouse that was working prior to your loved one's stroke. How are you going to manage that? Know that there can be lots of components. So let's move on to the next kind of step or phase of the rehabilitation process. Home health care is when the survivor has been discharged from the hospital and now therapies and nursing, maybe the social worker are coming into the house to help you with that transition of maximizing independence in the house. You're continuing to get education. You're trying to feel your way with this new set of responsibilities and roles that you have to fill. You're probably also thinking, yeah, this is really sad, but you may have to push that away. You may feel again that you don't have time to grieve or work through this process. You are just trying to get everybody bathed and fed and you're trying to get some sleep for yourself and get the laundry done and make sure you get the prescriptions from the pharmacy and that you make the follow-up doctor's appointments. You may not feel like you have the time or space to grieve. So you're going to push it away. But what we do know is that grief doesn't make an appointment. So let's go through some ways that you can recognize that you are in the grieving process. And let's see if we can help you kind of work through that. So grief can manifest in many different ways. So we're going to talk about symptoms based on categories. The first one will be emotional symptoms. You can feel things like sadness, anger, grief, fear. All of these are normal emotional symptoms when you're in grief. Grief can also manifest in physical symptoms such as fatigue, changes in appetite, difficulty sleeping, changes in your physical health. You can't be a good caregiver when you are exhausted, not eating right, if you're not sleeping. Your behavior can also be affected. So one way to recognize that you are grieving is if you're having difficulty following through with your routines and habits. If it's hard to concentrate, if you withdraw from social activities, you may not even have the time to do a social activity, but you may not even feel like you can talk to your best friend on the phone because you know if you do, you're going to cry and break down and you don't have time for it. There can be cognitive symptoms of grief. Grief can impact how we think and perceive things. You may find you have difficulty making decisions, remembering things, and difficulty focusing. These symptoms can make it hard to think clearly and make decisions. You just may feel like, I've got to get this done or I've got to make this call. 
but you just can't get yourself to act on it. You could also be experiencing spiritual or existential symptoms, such as questioning your beliefs, your purpose in life. You could be having a feeling or sense of disconnection from the world. These symptoms can be difficult to understand and hard to cope with. It's important to remember that all of these symptoms are normal and are part of the grieving process. They may improve on their own as you work through them and acknowledge them, but also know that you may need to get professional help and there is no shame in getting help. Talking to a professional, whether it's a mental health counselor, talking with one of your rehab professionals, possibly having a deep conversation with your physician or the nurse practitioner that oversees your spouse's care. All of these folks can be helpful. So let's take a little bit of a shift from the perspective of a spouse and let's talk about the adult child of a stroke survivor. Watching your parent decline physically and mentally can be very difficult and an emotional experience. We look up to our parents. We think that they're strong, that they have it all figured out, but then sometimes those tables turn and you may find you're having a hard time coping with that. Acknowledge your feelings. You need to be able to work through your sadness, anger, your confusion. You're in a different place now. You're looking at your mom or your dad in a different way. And you're now possibly being more of the parent looking out for them, making decisions. Be sure to seek support. Hopefully you have people you can lean on. Perhaps it's your best friend, or maybe it's a, a family member or a cousin where you can speak honestly about how you're feeling as you are trying to help navigate rehab and recovery of your parent after a stroke. Be sure to engage in self-care activities. So many times caregivers feel like they have to be the one suffering as much as a stroke survivor, and it's just not the case you need to take care of yourself. It is not selfish for you to get the sleep you need, to eat healthier foods, to make sure you find a way to decompress, allow yourself some time to grieve and to cope and to find your support system. Please find ways to connect with each other. Social media is one way that you can find support. Get on Facebook, if you're on Facebook, or maybe on Instagram. I can only speak to Facebook. That tends to be my social media. There are many caregivers of stroke survivor care groups out there. Find your village, find your tribe. Test out these groups. Each group has a different flavor. I've talked about this in other episodes. Maybe there is a physical group you can attend in uh, your city or something related to your church or the nearby community center. Keep your mind open. Ask people. 
perhaps you don't have to go far to get the support that you need. When you are an adult child of a stroke survivor, be sure to keep lines of communication open with your parent. By having open and honest conversations about their physical and possibly mental decline, there are a whole host of issues for just an aging parent and all the things that go with it from from legal and finances and insurance and I mean you name it but then you add a stroke on top of that and now possibly because they have aphasia there's a language component so you aren't able to have these tough conversations try and find a way to connect with your parent let them know that you care for them, that you understand as best you can where they are coming from, and give them comfort knowing that you are there emotionally for them. So let's shift again and talk about how to process grief. So we're back to the spouses and direct family members. Maybe you're a partner of someone who's had a stroke. We're going to get into a couple of examples so that, you know, hopefully you can find a way to relate with what some other folks have been going through. Number one step, give yourself permission to be sad, angry, confused. It's okay to feel overwhelmed and to take the time to process your feelings. Maybe you have to schedule a time. Maybe it's after your loved one goes to bed and you find you have a half an hour in the evening when the house is quiet that you can sit down and work through some of your feelings. Get a support group. I know I'm repeating myself a lot, but I can't emphasize how crucial it is. Engage in activities that take care of your emotional well-being. One of our spouses, it was recommended to her to join this walking group. This walking group meets through an app. They have competitions and checkoffs for, you know, distances walked or, you know, different situations and you can earn rewards by meeting these small goals. She found community not related to stroke or what she's going through as a caregiver, but she found a community that supports her and reinforces health for herself. She found that her stress was building up and she didn't have a release and walking was one way she could find that. Think about making a commitment to change one small thing that is occurring daily in your life. What's one thing that you can fit in every day that helps you with self-care? Can you sit on the back porch if it's nice weather? Can you sit on the front porch and look at the birds? Can you put on an audiobook, some relaxing music. If you have an iPhone and earbuds, what can you listen to to just give you a little bit of a release, a little bit of a way to center yourself? The last tip I want to go over is being mindful. Mindfulness means you are present in the moment in a non-judgmental way. One of the phrases we often use in my caregiver support group, it is what it is. I have been drawn 
to this phrase for the last eight something years of my life. From the time my husband and my girls and I, we moved cross country from the west coast to the east coast for two years. That was the hardest transition I'd ever had in my life. And it was at that time I adopted the phrase, it is what it is, meaning we have to deal with it. We have to deal with the emotions, be in the moment, acknowledge that junk happens. Also celebrate the small wins, being mindfully present at the time. That's when you can see little things, little wins add up over time to being a bigger win. Above all, with this episode, I want to give you hope. You are not alone in your journey with your stroke survivor. Seek help. Seek your village. When a task or situations feel overwhelming, sit in that emotion. Grief can hit you like a wave. Sometimes that wave is going to feel like a tsunami. And sometimes the wave will be smaller. But what's important is to acknowledge when this wave of grief hits you, it will feel like it's knocking you down, taking your breath away. Do your best to sit in that moment, feel the emotions, breathe, work through those emotions. Know that this wave of emotion is going to process through your body in 90 seconds. Know that there is an end breathe through it. You may not have the luxury of the time at that moment to cognizantly or consciously work through what you just experienced. Maybe you need to put that off to another time. But instead of fighting this wave of grief, acknowledge it, put it on a shelf, but come back to it. So, We're going to wrap up this episode. I have lots more to talk about on this topic, but from the perspective of the stroke survivor, him or herself, that's going to be in our next episode. In the show notes, you will be able to download a transcript. Maybe there's some points in there you'll find useful. I've also put together a grief process worksheet it is is some prompts to get you thinking about where you are where you want to be and perhaps you can find some steps forward to dealing with your grief with your new situation i hope you found a nugget or two in this episode that is helpful i wish you all the best as you navigate your journey with your stroke survivor thank you for listening Thanks for tuning in to the Listen for Life podcast. We hope you feel empowered and supported. Head over to listenforlifepodcast.com to see the show notes with links and information from today's episode. Do you have a topic, a resource to share, or a guest recommendation? Inquiring minds want to know. Let us know in the comments section. Wishing you a fabulous week.